Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Tuesday Night Jaw. Jaw. Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to this week's edition of Tuesday Night Hello, Bab. Hi, how's it going? Welcome to Tuesday Night Jaw. I am shattered. How you doing? Uh, it's been a busy weekend of wrestling. I'm sorry if my energy's all down, but uh, we had NXT TakeOver 30, AEW, Dynamite with that sick women's match, um, and of course, SummerSlam. But I'll be talking a little bit more about that later and having a bit of a debrief, what we thought the good matches were, what we enjoyed the most, all that kind of shenanigans. But first, a little bit about today's episode. Now, I know that I said I'd never do the same format twice, but I have got two interviews again this week. Listen, don't go, oh, bozzers, you're letting us down already. No, 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 listen. What I said was that when I started Tuesday Night Jaw, if we get a big international superstar on, for example, Drew McIntyre, like we had last week, then we'd share that platform with some good British talent so that any casual Drew McIntyre fan that happens upon the podcast can think, ah, this Aaliyah James sounds interesting, I'll give her a look. And then it sort of opens up the world a little bit more for people, doesn't it? Do you know what I'm trying to say? So the reason I've got two guests on today's podcast is because my main guest is Diana Perazzo. Now, Diana is the Impact Knockouts champion. She's defending that title against Jordan Grace. And that will be tomorrow night on Impact Emergence. It's a 30-minute Ironman match. Um, that's going to be over on Fight Network UK, Sky Channel 192, for those of you who want to tune in. That meant going and knocking on the door of another British badass. And so I asked Chikara to join me on the podcast today. Chikara is a 20-year-old North London girl. She's the reigning kamikaze fighting females champion. You might have seen her at Progress or at riptide or at any number of promotions across the uk she's got a lot to say and a lot of it is really important particularly surrounding 
her experience as a black athlete in this industry um check it out i really hope that you'll stick through this one because it's a really important interview and yeah we'll get straight into that now tuesday night door Okay, Chikara, welcome to Tuesday Night Jewel. How's it going? I'm good, I'm good. Just chilling right now. <laughs> good. It's not nice to have some off time because you were quite busy just before this lockdown, weren't you? Very busy. Very busy, actually. Yeah, I had, um, had a lot lined up um, this year, but because of corona, obviously, it's yeah. been hard. So I haven't, I haven't actually wrestled since March, I don't think. How, how so. are you finding it? Um, to be honest, like, I'm just happy that I can just relax and, like, focus on other things for a bit, you know, because, like, it, it, it's nice to just have your body heal, because I was in so much aches and pains, and I just realised, like, I haven't taken a break in nearly five years. <laughs> yeah, it's long, a, long way yeah, it is a lot. I, I was saying to someone the other day that it's a bit like, I feel like I spent my, my whole adult working life being like, I wish I had a six-week holiday like kids do at school, and now we got Lots it, so... I have to yeah. try and remember these things before I start moaning. <laughs> like I forget, like I forget what day it is half the time, to be honest. <laughs> so, talk to me about wrestling then. What What's your earliest memory of it, and when did you decide it was something that you wanted to do? Um, so my mum um, was a big wrestling fan, so that's how I got into it, basically. Wicked. Yeah, so she was a big like Stone Cold um fan like she like there's a picture of me and her when I was a baby she had a stone cold um, Steve Austin t-shirt on like the old school ones no way. Um, yeah so that was really cool and um she used to watch it all the time so obviously naturally I'm sitting there my mum watching it with her and uh, I fell in love with it really and about the age of eight or nine um started watching it on my own and like TNA and stuff yeah and uh, sort of just grew into it myself personally so I started to love like people like Velvet Sky and um, Angela Love, um, all those people, they, they sort of inspired me to become a wrestler. Amazing. So when I was, yeah, so when I was like 15, I started training at, um, well, it was like, it was called a project at the time, but Knuckleocks. Yeah. Um, started there when I was 15. And then from there, yeah, the rest was history pretty much. Just started training and then got better and better, I guess. Or like, better right? enough to get on shows. <laughs> <laughs> Which is all you can hope for. What was your experience of training? Did you find that you picked it up quite quickly or was it something that, you know, have you always been active? Was it something you could just adapt to? Well, to be honest, I felt like I adapted quite well. I debuted with it. I debuted under a year or no, just over a year. Wow. And um, I think something like that. And um, I had a big sports background. So I was really into netball. Um, so I did like local competitions within my council for that mm. for years. Um, so I did, I think I played there for like 10 years, I think. Yeah. Um, Amazing. I did swimming for like six years. I did that, I did that competitively within my council as well. Um, and what else? Uh, I did karate for two years too. That's handy. That yeah. Cause I was too young to start wrestling. I, yeah. I thought to my mum, do you know what, let me do karate instead then, because it's quite similar, or well, what I thought anyway, completely yeah. is not the same at all, but it's something just to keep, keep me going and keep me inspired until I was old enough to start training at school. Yeah, and but, even even things yeah. like just grappling in front of other people, that's transferable, right? It sort of takes the edge off, exactly. surely. Yeah, it definitely does, and um, you, you, 
I did learn some sort of tech, like some techniques and stuff that you know is valuable and useful, but overall, karate is boring. But I did, <laughs> I did, I was like a green belt, I think, or something, or a blue belt. So I didn't do too bad. Good. But I don't remember fuck all. Oh, can I swear? Yeah, you can swear. Yeah, of course you can. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry, I've got the worst mouth ever. Like I swear to God, I've got the worst mouth ever. I like but it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So that's uh pretty much my sports i was very sporty I used to do like like um do you know those, those like mile those one mile runs you used to do back at, at school yeah yeah yeah. yeah but i was sick at it like i was so good like i, was, I came first all the time not that first like top five in it but i was decent couldn't do that now though Benny runs the shop. at least you've got your cardio though even if you are having to like bump on your bones every two minutes yeah, I'm used to that though. I feel like it feels nice to me now. That's how like, that's how that, that's like bumping. <laughs> I just don't I just don't acknowledge it anymore. <laughs> wow, so it's no wonder your body needed a break. It probably doesn't even know you know, if you've just been passing over these things, just letting it happen, letting it happen. I suppose you've got age on your side with that as well, because you're only twenty, aren't you? Yeah, I'm twenty, yeah. Uh, oh, I sound so old. Anyway, I'm joking. <laughs> Mate, um, it hurts me to get yeah. up out my chair, let alone what you do in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> So, wh- when did you have your first match then? Uh, I don't know if it was just about ten sixteen, I think. Oh my god! Yeah. Who are you wrestling? Um, it was a gauntlet, and um, it was like with Livy Grace. Um, okay. So she was in it, and then like I didn't wrestle for a while after that. And then I think I think I had a few like empty shows, like you're not empty, like a few like trainee shows, and then um, then I think my my first big match quotations i would say was my progress debut um at potential and i yeah. faced i think i faced laura laura di matteo yeah i did that's a, wow. I, it actually is it's, it's on it's on it's on the um it's on the on demand but I, I think she was my first progress match and then i think a few months after that it was the nps and that was in january of 2017 so i, was, I wasn't even 17 yet i don't think oh my goodness i can't imagine yeah. like particularly the way that progress crowds have always been is they're really like energetic and really involved and it always sounds like such a bigger crowd than it realistically is i would have been scared to death oh i was shitting myself i remember <laughs> um i remember when i was like i remember um, at the ballroom my first time ever wrestling there was i, I wasn't I, like i was literally like 16 or 17 or something right like a baby <laughs> and i was literally crying and i remember Ginny being there she gave me a hug like don't worry you got this and like oh my god i don't have this i told her to piss myself but um <laughs> but yeah it was all right though it was all right and um, it was i actually faced laura again so that was that was good for me because obviously i knew uh and she took the time to um practice you know, training me beforehand just get comfortable stuff like that i got this so early as well because uh, <laughs> I can get used to the environment I'm in, but um, yeah, yeah. Re- I mean, you mentioned Ginny there. You've beaten Ginny, haven't you? Harris or Ginny? Yeah, you've beat her though, haven't you? Uh, isn't that one of the big wins you've got under your belt? Oh God, I'm sure you. I'm sure you have. Because that's progress, not a progress. Well, I'm. I'm sure. Oh, Riptide. Riptide. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Did I beat Ginny at Riptide? I was sure that you'd beaten her. Maybe I've got my facts oh, wrong. This, this, this podcast, this podcast is going to be literally us two figuring out my matches. Because <laughs> I haven't got a bloody clue. What I do know about your time at Riptide is that 
you had. Oh, that I did beat her. Wait, wait, Kirsty, I beat her. I did beat her. I remember. <laughs> I, remember. I remember. All right, that's so bad, isn't it? That's a memory. Yeah. You have to start taking me around. I can be representative. I'll be like, oh, I know she doesn't know, but I know her history. Come no. on. <laughs> Write a list. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I was gonna say I was sure that you beat Ginny there. Yeah, I did. I did. That's. I mean, that's a really big deal considering she's like, you know, she's a big NXT star now. Of course, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was um to beat someone like who's you know signed of, of her caliber and stuff like that. You know, it's a big deal, especially for me. Do you know what I mean? Because like, I'm not like in my in my eyes, I'm just chill. Like, I I I just do what I just do what I like to do. Yeah. You know, I just I try my best and I always put a hundred percent into the role that I've been given no, no matter where I'm at. Um so to have such to face people like Ginny, um like even Big Swole. I was just about to mention Big Swole. <laughs> like that 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 literally blew me up. If I like so many people from America just like follow me now and interact with me now because of that match. And yeah. like I think Effie from America, like he was trimming my match. Um like with not 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 just Big Swole but like Connor Mills and stuff and like I I think without Big Swole and having that match with her at Ripside I think that sort of reach would have ever happened so like I'm forever grateful to her and I'm so glad that she's doing so well on AEW and stuff so that's brilliant but yeah yeah, she's an amazing person and so is so yeah it's great it's great so have you got a favorite match then not just from the the perspective of you know where you enjoyed it the most but where you learned the most from because you mu- everything i think i was speaking to Aaliyah james last week on the podcast and we were oh, saying yeah, yeah, how yeah, yeah. a lot of matches are like work experience aren't they everybody that you everybody that you wrestle is a new learned experience so is there anyone of that course is there anyone you faced off against where you just came away from it and thought i'm a better wrestler now as a result of that uh I imagine I'm, you always feel like that. I'm gonna, after say, a match. I'm, gonna I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say big swole. That that two day thing really opened my eyes to a different sort of style of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, diff- and I think also being in the ring of jazz was really cool. Yeah. Um, from a, from pro wrestling E, that was that, that was a cool experience. In fact, that, that was that, that was a last minute experience actually. I did, I was actually meant to be on the show, um, but I think uh, travel issues um, or whatever, someone couldn't make it. I don't know what happened, but um, I, I got put in the match, and it was a jazz. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, I love that. Just making yourself available. Well. Yeah, always. I, I drove like an hour to get there as well. It wasn't even in, it wasn't even in London. <laughs> but um, I think every match of Candy Floss I've had has been amazing. Like experience-wise, I love yeah. Candy Floss. She's one of my absolute favourites. I just I think she's brilliant. Yeah, because like we're like best friends, so like we've wrestled so many times, like yeah, probably about thirty times we wrestled. Oh, so you know her inside out. Oh yeah, we we started so she's like she's like one of my first friends in wrestling. No, she is my first friend in wrestling. In fact, um, we like we've known each other for like five years. Um, like, but funny the funny story is we met through Twister back in twenty thirteen. Oh, and yeah. um, and her at was Amy at Amy WWE. <laughs> and my uncle killed her because I was a big My Chemical Romance fan. Um, so, um, and I saw, I, I was looking through Twitter and I saw her, I saw like 
tweet I guess and I looked at the comments and I saw something I saw her I was like oh my god she's British oh my god she likes WWE oh my god she's like my age so I DM'd her something stupid like obviously I was like 12 and it 13 years old it's like oh my god like I'm gonna be a WWE dude just like you and she was like oh my god yeah so do I I'm gonna train I'm like oh my god yeah same then next week again and then um and then two years later I was training and she was in the class above she was the intermediate class and I turned around I saw her I was like hold on I know you like I know you, like I I definitely know you. It's like oh my god, you tweeted me two years ago. It's like oh my god, yes I did, and I was, was still so here. Sweet. Like oh my god, yeah. So that's like I've known her for ages. I I always look at her and I I imagine what. So I've been watching wrestling again. My mum was a big fan as well, so I've been watching it since you know birth. And I I remember yeah. thinking when I because when I was growing up, I, I I loved Bret Hart so much because I felt like I could relate to him, whereas I couldn't really relate to the divas as it was at that time. But I think yeah. now, little miss, if I saw someone like Candy Floss with her, all the gear and the whole sweet gimmick, I would have just been in love with her. I can imagine that she would have been such a hero of mine. So I really back her. Yeah, she's, she's, she's so really marketable, though. She's so yeah. marketable. Like, everything about her, her, her wrestling skills are, 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 are outstanding. Her look is outstanding. It's unique. It is. And that's, that, that's, that, that's, that's the reason she's signed, you know? <laughs> because like she's good and obviously she's gorgeous and you know she's got the look and she can she can pull it out of there as well you know yeah so like yeah oh that's great that you got to come up with her yeah so but i'm gonna stay an indie star (laughs) (laughs) well this is what i was gonna ask you i know it can be really difficult to when somebody asks you questions like this about your aspirations and your hopes but i know that some people have their sights set on you know the big american stage and they want their wrestlemania moment and some people see japan in their future like what where is it that you see chikara going where where do you imagine that being uh i'm gonna go anywhere um i would love to go to america Mm-hmm. to train and um i'm not gonna say uh WWE or aw or stardom or whatever because like i just want to go to a country and just expand myself there and therefore get ex- get opportunities just, yeah. like, just like how i did it in, in, in england but if it's gonna be like actual answer i would say i would love to go to aw i would love yeah. to i'd love to fight big swall again i was gonna <laughs> say that's what i want to see i think that's what a lot of our what a lot of fans yeah. want to see a lot of fans want to see that on the big stage because it, it was it was pretty world class it was you know you only had to look at the reaction yeah. that it got on social media people were like absolutely loving it so yeah, yeah. like i was shitting myself like when i tell you i was shitting myself like when I got told I was going to be facing her, I was like, nah, that's a long thing. Like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to be scared. I'm going to shit myself. Like, nah, long. Like, I'm going to do awful. Uh, I remember one time she was like to me, she, she said to me like, hey, we're going to do this spot. And I was like, oh my God, I hope I don't mess this up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And she goes, she goes back to America and she's like, this Chikara girl's an absolute shitter. I'm like, oh no. Do you know, imagine that. I'm going to pit there on the spot. <laughs> that's why I'm not emotional. <laughs> You'd be world renowned as being like this terrible British wrestler. Yeah. It's like got an opportunity and shoved it down the toilet. (laughs) But that's not what happened. It was quite the opposite. You must you must have a a way of like channeling that nervous energy into something good. I think that's probably what sets you apart. I'm I'm very good at remembering things. So Mm. it's I, I like to focus on how I present myself towards the crowd and um because like a character is what people 
in my opinion, are invested in. Because mm. if you have, because it's all well and good having the good guy or the bad guy. But like, what are you? you know? yeah. Are you just a bad guy? Are you just, you know, like, do you know what I mean? Like, like I don't know. Like, I'm not saying I've got a big character, I think, but like being the golden goddess, I, I, I associate that as a bad guy. I associate that as being, you know, very, you know, above everybody else. Like the way I just pose on, on you know, on the corner, yeah. um, you know, looking at the ref in a dirty way, you know, chucking people's hats into the crowd, stuff like that. Like I'm just above you sort of thing. Yeah. So I, I, just, I just like, it. I, like I like invoking, I like, I like invoking people's like anger, you know? I like that's what makes the, the match better as well as when you're interacting with the crowd. And somewhere like Ripta is so good for that as well. You know, you can't do like every place because every venue is different, you know, how things set up. But Riptide, it's, it's, you can really just be your own and come into your own. I feel like I've really developed myself as the golden goddess at Riptide. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, you get to sort of like develop because every every day, every performance is like a new chance to develop and hone that skill, right? Because you, so, you are still so young, even though you've wrestled for so many years. You know, you know the, yeah. the, the, if you think about how you've come to the point where you are now, because I remember at that progress show, you came in and people hated your guts. And by the end, it was like, okay, you might hate me, but you've got no choice but to respect me. And the crowd like turned. Do you, do you remember that? When the crowd was like, like yeah. the crowd just completely flipped. And that's like, th- that takes a special kind of skill, I think, for it to be like, okay, look, you are hateful, but you can't deny what you can do in the ring. So. yeah it's, it's a good feeling it's a nice feeling yeah it's nice to it's like some because like i've slowly sort of changed sort of turned to becoming a bit more face around different companies mm. like resurgence who i love um riptide um obviously progress and stuff as well so i'm sort of le- I'm, sort, I'm sort of relearning again in a, in a different position because i've always been heel in main promotion so to yeah, be face I'm, I'm now. sure that when i saw you at kamikaze we, we hated your guts there because you, you still find yeah. you're a champion there yeah i'm, I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm actually i've been i think the longest reigning well i'm a third third only but um yeah i think i'm just over a year now as champ but does it count because i'm like half yeah. lockdown so i know what you mean though but you've still got that belt so yeah, i love <laughs> I the best i love kamikaze so much like they're such great people such great like great promoters great great company yeah um very good values as well really like it down there good good vibes good vibes but yeah that was the first show my my nephew's seven and he's really big on well really big on wwe at the moment it's like something that he's really taken off to but i knew that when i took him to his first ever wrestling match it needed to be somewhere like that i felt safe and where i I felt like he wasn't going to be scared and so kamikaze was the show that i took him to that was the first one definitely he was still still scared we got in front row tickets and then once once the baddies come out he's like no 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 they're gonna get me so we have to go and stand at the back which is ridiculous but yeah he's still really intimidated by guys like you (laughs) <laughs> so i've got a bone to pick with you you need to start getting more jolly because if you keep scaring my nephew i'm gonna get you <laughs> i made a kid cry once <laughs> that's awful yeah. it was such a long day as well because like what happened was i think no i think it happened twice i don't know but i think Terrible. i did something <laughs> it was an ambush no i got slapped at ambush by a kid actually oh no i don't like that and I nearly cried, but the kid was only like four, four 
five. Oh, that's a weird thing, isn't it? Because it's a strange time for them between not realizing that, like, you know, it's <laughs> it, it, like it's real. Because I remember being like scared stiff of the Undertaker, like. I would go for a wee when I was watching like WWE. I'd go for a wee and I'd run down the stairs as fast as I could, thinking the Undertaker might be upstairs in my council estate house in West Brom. I was like, "Run! He's oh, gonna get you." There's that horrible oh, ma- transitional phase as a as a child yeah. between thinking that the baddies are really gonna kill you and wanting to slap them, and then being like a little bit more accepting of the fact that booing is enough. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but he was cute though. Um, he apologized afterwards. Good. I should hope so. I think. <laughs> what what wrestling are you enjoying watching at the moment? Do you get to because obviously now you've got time to sit down and actually watch things. I imagine normally you're running around like mad, but what are you enjoying watching at the moment? I've been watching old school WWE, so 2002. Just watching random pay per views, watching random um, raw shows um, around the time when I was probably like one or two years old because that's, 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 that's in my opinion that's the best time you reckon like, like old school WWE yeah and like old school TNA when it was like Eric Bischoff and like Sting as the Joker oh my god when I tell you yeah when Sting was like the Joker character in TNA or what was coming into Impact yeah it was the best I <laughs> loved it so much like it was the best I had a huge crush on the Sting as well did you yeah, <laughs> yeah I loved it I thought it was great I thought it was great I was only like 10 by the way but it was like I thought oh my god I love this guy I used to have a crush on a big show as well big show was great don't know why that's that's really like random. controversial crush that is I'd say he's, he's not very like... controversial <laughs> He's not like the number one babe of wrestling, is he? Like, you know what I mean? I, I think I'd understand it a little bit more if you're like, oh, Randy Orton, but big show. <laughs> no, I said no, my big, my number one crush has to be CM Punk. Oh, okay. No, that's understandable. It's more understandable yeah. than Big Show. I, this is no offense to Big Show. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure his wife loves him, but yeah, I just didn't have him down as a babe. Really. I don't know. I just, I just thought it was really cool. So I thought, well, God, like he's great. Like. You know what I mean? Like I just thought, I just, I just like, I just like, I just liked him as a character and as a person. Do you know what I mean? I just, I just like, I just liked what he was about. It just, oh, the big show. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah. When he could fit people's whole head into his hand, <laughs> it's like Probably. I'd love for the big show to pick me up by my head. <laughs> <laughs> I just squash my brains. What, what, what sort of stuff do you watch to, um, like, you know? to hone your craft so not just as a fan but who do you study i study let me see it's, it's a various it's a various amount of people but mm. i like to look at like people like miko satamura and some of her old stuff yeah um because she's like one of the best you know but yeah. i also look at my peers as well like i look at the people around me and recent matches to see what like to see not not really not mainly just the match but the, the, the crowd reactions what 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 do the crowd like obviously crowds and fans they change things what they like change it's just just like a customer service sort of thing you know mm. and like like what's what's the new thing out and then trying to do my own thing um but yeah but apart from that like probably like miko i watch a lot um, a lot of like Japanese women that I just find on YouTube that you know, just like old school stuff. Yeah. What else? Um, I I do watch a lot of um, like the current like you know the Shine Shimmer. Uh, yeah. I see I see a bit of that as well. 
Um, but yeah, I just I just watch whatever. I don't really have a specific a specific person I watch. Yeah, I, yeah. I like all wrestling. I watch anything, but I I love Nico, so I like to watch her. Yeah, it's, um, it's it's cool. I think that it's it is women's wrestling that inspires you as a woman. You know, because I think a lot yeah. of people see they they sort of. I don't know, they see the women's divisions of different companies still as being a little bit less than the dudes, yeah, right? Yeah. That's just, unfortunately, that's the life that it, that we currently lead. That's the way that people see it. There's obviously a, a big piece of work that's going along with the promotion and the pushing of, of women, so, which is wicked to see people like Asuka getting like double shots at SummerSlam or whatever for belts. Um, but yeah. I think it's cool. I think that might be, again, though, an age thing because you did get to see influential actual good women's wrestling when you were young whereas when i was a kid it was like bra and panty stuff you know yeah that's it's a lot of change a lot has changed like i can't like i i said it before um like i couldn't like i know there's like alicia fox and people like jazz but like i didn't watch a lot of the was younger i only watched mm-hmm. many tna but like there wasn't many black females that I could look that I could that I could look up to mm. in the sense um, and like obviously Alicia Fox is amazing like yeah she's great but I didn't really watch the product at the time because they like what eight nine yeah. so I, was, I was watching my own thing that I found on YouTube that was free mm. and um, so now being a wrestler like I always try and be that person of color you know for women who can look up to me. Like yeah. Kids and stuff. yeah. Do you, um, do you feel like that's what? Do you feel like we're lacking that in Brit rest generally? Do you feel like, you know, there's not enough non cisgender white people wrestling? You know what I mean? Hundred percent. There needs to be. There needs, there needs to be a bit of everyone in wrestling, and I feel like, and I because I because when I first started when I first started wrestling, I was like shit scared. I was thinking to myself, like, oh my god, I'm black. I'm gonna be the only black person there. Mm. It's gonna be the worst. You know, but that wasn't the case yeah, at all. Like right everyone's right. very friendly, but obviously, like there needs to be more representation. But you know, I feel like it's starting to happen now. Like obviously, we had the um, Roy Johnson's everything pattern show from for wrestling research was was uh, was a success. Yeah, um, had so many different people um, from the UK joining it, and you don't realise that there's so many black wrestlers in the UK that are just not being used. You know, and it's a shame because these people are talented. I'm talking like Warren Banks, you know, Doris, obviously he's like Fight Club Tag Team Champion, but besides the point, like, you know, he's like, he could be on on way more shows, you know, you've got people like yeah, Amari, Amari, talented, um, Big T, talented, Roy, talented. Um, you've got, uh, I, know, I think it's Tonga, like I've never met before, but I've, I've, I've seen a few bits here and there and she's brilliant. But mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, so there's so many people that I just want to wrestle like all these people because they're great. So, um, yeah, but ho- hopefully we'll, we'll see more and more black people. I want to see more black referees. I want to see more coloured, you know, referees and, you know, backstage people and wrestlers. It's not, not have to be wrestling, you know what I mean? It could be anything within the wrestling. Just involved in the industry. Yeah, yeah like, it's... It, 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 why not, you know? Like, there's, there's a space for it and I think I think it can be taken and it can be taken well 
yeah. just having someone do it. <laughs> it. It sort of like links back to what you were saying about wanting to be that person because if you think the way that British wrestling has, has come on over the last few years with like, you know, we've got NXT UK and stuff like that now. So I always thought from, from particularly from like a woman's perspective, if you can see women doing well, it makes you want to get involved. So maybe there's, as a young person, you'd want to get involved. Whereas if there's, you know, black women doing well, then young black women or black girls will see that and think, oh, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And I'm hoping exactly. that that will, will will create a new wave of trainees, which it does bring us around to the fact of like, we've got to make sure that they're safe going to training schools because that obviously is a big deal as well at the moment, um, a big of concern. Course. But, but yeah, course, it's definitely. just, I think it's, and I, and I like it that you're on Twitter and you're talking about it and that it, you know, you're not, because you could be quiet and just play along with whatever game it is that you need to play to get bookings. But that's ne- that's never seemed like something that is on your radar at all, is it? I don't think you play those nah. games. Nah, like, I'm not, I don't know. I just like to say, like, I, like I, I just tweet how I feel in a sense where it's like, I don't give a fuck because what I'm saying I know is morally correct mm. and like like that video or whatever it was you know with the well I was just taking the piss taking the hand out like yes it's a bit funny but there's there's, there's, there's a real there's a real thing behind that you know there's a real, yeah. real there's a real thing behind that no matter how funny it is it's it's, it's like it's, it's 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 a true thing mm. unfortunately but um where can people like, find you on social media Chikara Wrestler on Instagram and Twitter. Excellent. That's C H A K I K A R A, right? Yes. Yeah. C H A K A R A Wrestler. Excellent. But um, yeah, I just like I don't know. I just I just want to make people aware that you know the support is from my side anyway. I'm there to support whoever you know and yeah. um. Oh, yeah, I just like I don't know. I just like I don't. Obviously, I don't like speak specifically on topics, but I just like I just like I just like to take the hand out of the situation and then just flip it on its head, and then just see how people react to it. In the sense where it's like we need to we need to we need to, we need to create a better environment for wrestling, yeah, and we sure need to need. take it seriously because because if we ignore what's going on then what happens is that we're not do we're doing a disservice to, to the industry Definitely. we are that's 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 what will happen mm. if we don't if we don't if we don't if we don't call out on people's bullshit if we, if we don't call out on this then we're doing that we're doing the industry that we are we're meant to love and care about a disservice and that's not right you know no. but like yeah that using the using your voice is really important and i'd say that as well for fans because if you if there's a black wrestler that you want to see and that isn't getting booked at your promotion as a fan you've got to start talking about it right you've got to start shouting about it it can be it can be yeah. used across the board it's important to use your voice i'd always say that yeah. i know that there's, yeah. there's going to be a choice group of people that will always think that you're wrong no matter what you say but as long as you're speaking with integrity and you believe in what you say then that's all you can do. Yeah. That's all we've got really at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, like, cause like I, I just, I just like the 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 simple fact of it is, is that I just wanna tweet and not be silent and just show like like forget what the tweet that because I, I I barely tweet anyway, but when I do mm-hmm. tweet, I make sure it's something that you know 
Oh, like, like important it means something yeah. yeah and it's just it's like like it's nothing like none of my tweets none of my tweets are like directed or anything like that it's just a i'm just, I'm just looking at the situation and then and then trying to make create awareness of the situation of the movement that's all i care about is the movement i care about the movement mm-hmm. i care about the black lives matter movement as well so both movements i do care about so therefore i'm going to speak out on the movement and how i feel on it that's that's all you know that's, yeah. all. that's why i wanted you on the podcast because i knew that you would give me some real talk and it wouldn't just be what playing whatever game you need to play to get yourself you know popular with the fans that's not what you're about i love that honesty no like i like uh, in all honesty i don't i don't care like i like i just care about what's right and what's wrong and that's it black or white love black that. and white like what, what like like what is the right thing to do okay it's this fine what's the wrong thing to do okay it's this we'll better not do that then so yeah. the right thing to do is, is to support the people in wrestling because we love the business. That's the right thing to do. The wrong thing to do is to keep quiet on, on purpose and to be actively aware of things and then be and 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 and, and not even show a bit of support is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy to see I'm happy to see people are supporting it and that and, and retweeting things and you know speaking out and stuff. That's it's, that that's that's what I want to see. That's all. Like yeah. I'm, I'm like yeah. So I just, I, just want, I, just want, I just want the females and, and, and the males, of course, all, all, all genders, you know, to feel that they're, they're in a safe, safe community. Because wrestling needs to be at the best it can possibly be for when it comes back. And that's, that's all I care about. I don't care about anything else. No, I think I think that's a really good point, and that's why I think it's like it's fun sometimes to talk about all the frivolity surrounding wrestling, but it's also really important not to forget these, you know these really important issues that affect people's lives potentially forever so that's why i've, I've, yeah. I've like sp- spoken out about you know particularly with things like the speaking out movement I, I, I couldn't come into this podcast and start talking about all the fun light-heartedness of wrestling without acknowledging that so a couple of weeks ago we did a podcast on that um but yeah it's, yeah. it's wicked to see that you're out there using your voice for good and it's you know I, i'll say it's honorable but i know that you're not doing it for props so no nah, yeah, i'm just I'm definitely not like definitely not like i don't like i don't want any props at all i just i just like everyone everyone should be everyone should be at least just showing support in some way just mm-hmm. some way even if even if it's not on twitter it's a happy on twitter it could just be as simple as a little dm say hey think you know thinking of you yeah you know it doesn't have to be not everything not every, not every has to be public do you know what i mean That's true. But it's nice yeah. to have that public support as well you know, and just, and just, it's nothing, nothing, it's nothing like better than you know. Maybe you just speak out, and then you, and then you scroll through Twitter, and you're thinking, "Fuck!" And then you see your favorite wrestler is supporting the movement. You're thinking, "Oh, great! My favorite wrestler is supporting the movement, and now I feel like I've got some support behind me." Yeah. And you don't know who could be thinking that, and that, and that's and that's why I do it because what I just that's 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 literally it, you know. So yeah. Wicked. Well, thanks for taking the time out to chat. It really means a lot to me that you come on the podcast and share your views. It's uh, it's been wicked to speak to you. But can I say something before before we finish? Yeah, please. Yeah, I thought you, you were American. Did you? Yeah, I no. don't know why. I don't know why I think people that are verified are American. <laughs> no, I only got to be honest. I only got that verified tick because historically I've been just a newspaper journalist. So you know they have to. Oh, just... still sick though. Thanks. <laughs> But yeah, it's just so that people know that you're like that you're an actual. I think it's like they call it a trusted source, so they know that if I share a story, then it's likely to be from a trusted source. Um, of course, yeah. But yeah, you could use that for evil, couldn't you? I'm trying my best though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, not American. I'm I'm up in Birmingham, and I can't wait for you to come back to Kamikaze and to see you defend that belt. 
Yes, definitely. I'm excited. I'm very excited. I'll, I'll never be rooting oh, yeah. for a baddie, though, so... so um, I'll, put, I'll, I'll do a FaceTime just for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for the chat. I'll see you soon. That's all right. All right. All right. That's fine. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Bye. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ah, oh, it was wicked having Shakara on the podcast. Shakara, thank you so much for joining me. Now, I'm sure you'll agree, that was a really great, insightful chat, if I do say so myself. But what I've come away from it feeling is... I mean, I mentioned it back there and we did discuss it briefly, but I think we've got a responsibility as our wrestling community to strive for better. And while we can't sit around going, why did you let that baddie beat that goodie? Or why isn't my favourite a champion? Or asking people to book, you know, book wrestling differently. I feel like what we do need to do is speak up on what we do and don't want to put up with and speaking up and saying these are the athletes that I want to see represented in your promotion from your local promotion is completely understandable we can vote with our money we can decide what we're going to watch on demand and what we're not going to watch on demand and we've all got a voice that we can use so if there's an athlete you want to see represented in your local promotion tweet them tell them I welcome your conversation with me on this I want you to come onto whatsapp Send me a little WhatsApp voice note. Let me know what your favourite match of the wrestling weekend was. Let me know who your favourite wrestler is. Let me know what you think about our conversation there with Chikara. My number, send me a text. Only on WhatsApp though. You can send me a text, but I would prefer it to be a voice note, I'm not going to lie. Introduce yourself, say hi, 
leave me a short message i'd really like to be able to put those into the podcast my number is 07882 005803 if you're international put a plus four four at the beginning of that to make it plus four four zero seven eight eight two double zero five eight zero three now my next interview i'm really excited for this one and it's why tuesday night draws up a little bit earlier than normal diana perrazzo is defending her title against jordan grace on impact emergence in that 30 minute ironman match I had a chance to sit down with Diana and get a catch up with her. This is that interview. Have a listen. Let me know what you think. Enjoy. And then I'll be back and we can chat about what we enjoyed about wrestling this weekend. Tuesday night, Jaw. Okay, Diana. Hi. Welcome to Tuesday Night Jaw. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I know it's quite close to your match now, uh, defending your title. How are you feeling going into that? Yeah, you know, um, it was announced yesterday that Jordan and I would have a rematch at Emergence. Um, and I'm excited. I think that, you know, I've made some demands on Twitter that I'm a little upset about not being um, taken seriously. But if I have to humiliate Jordan again, and make her verbally quit our match again to get my demands recognized and that's what i'll do is that what you're looking for are you looking for a clear statement of defeat yeah and and you know i had a clear statement of defeat your champion said i quit i give up um so i don't know why she has you know she's obligated to a rematch anyway but it is what it is you know um kylie ray is stuck in wrestle house and I need to defend my championship, right? I should be a defending champion. So I will just humiliate Jordan one more time. <laughs> now, you came out swinging at Slammiversary. You weren't, you know, you weren't holding back when you came in and took that title from Jordan. What was your, what was your mindset going into that? So I think for me, I put um, a really big target on my back with, you know, some of the things I said and the experiences I had been through um, and wanting to come into a company and make a statement and attacking Jordan on my first night in impact did just that, you know? So um, Slammiversary was kind of like, for me, um, you know, my, my showing out party, I needed to show the world exactly who the virtuoso was. Um, And I think I was able to do that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dispute it. I think. You, I think a lot of fans were waiting to see what would happen with the virtuosa, and you didn't pull any punches, and that was that was pretty incredible to see, because it must be strange wrestling in front of no crowd. Do you think going into emergence that you get the upper hand with not having that negativity coming at you from the crowd? Do you think that will give you a bit of an edge over Jordan? I think so. I think it had it had given me an edge at Slammiversary too, because you know. My whole game with Jordan has been getting in her head and making her be emotional. And I think that once you can play those mind games with your opponent, they're no longer um, fighting from a standpoint of, I just need to defend my championship and, and this is what I do, A, B, and C. Emotions take over and you're irrational. And that's exactly what Jordan was, and she got caught. Um, so I think me having this, this clear path and knowing that you know this is my game, we're playing chess and Jordan is playing tic-tac-toe. You know, I'm on another level right now. Um, so this is my environment. Now I have the home field advantage. I'm the knockouts champion, and I am just um, one step ahead 
Do you know what I mean? Mm. You've, you've got a very technical approach to your matches. Do you think that any of the women on the Impact roster have got a chance of stepping to that? Everything I'm saying by no means is meant to disrespect Jordan, right? She's strong. She's powerful. She calls her the Hasset. But strong strength and, and, and your power and, and how much you could deadlift doesn't translate to to manipulating limbs and joints and, and ligaments, you know? Mm. Um, so uh, Jordan put up a great fight. And by no means was my victory easy at Slammiversary. But I think that, like I said earlier, I'm on another level than everyone at Impact right now. I came in with a chip on my shoulder and a point to prove, and I proved it. And now it's continuing to prove it. And, you know, my, my next opponent after emergence is Kylie Ray. And Kylie is another incredible athlete. But what Kylie has, again, just like Jordan, is emotion. She's fun. She's, she's fun-loving. She's carefree. This is all I care about. This is all I'm focusing on is keeping this knockouts championship around my waist. So mm. she can have fun in Wrestle House right now. She's, she's away. She's not thinking about wrestling. And that is 100% to my advantage. Mm. Do you find that you have to do a bit of, you know, psychological warfare there? Do you find that there has to be a lot of, do you study your opponents before you go into that, before you go into those matches to work out the best way of getting an advantage? Or do you think that your approach is, you know, you're going to defeat anyone regardless? No, I 100% study my opponent um, as if I was studying for a test. You know, like I said, this is my main focus. This is what I'm hyper-focused on right now. So all of my energy is going into watching the, the knockouts division and, and the matches that happen every Tuesday on Access um, and, and seeing how I can snatch an armbar or, you know, snatch the pendulum or, you know, snatch any submission in my repertoire um, to get the defeat. And whether it's a tap out or a verbal quit, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I'm winning either way, right? Mm, mm. strong words there i know that historically the women of impact have held their own against male stars too is there anyone else in the roster that you think that you could you could hold your own against anybody should be watching their back you know um intergender wrestling is not my forte right mm. um and there you know impact what i love about being here is that um there's no clear division between the women and the men, and they're open-minded to letting the women explore intergender. Um, but for me right now, I'm all about conquering the women's division and staying on top here. Mm. Um, so I'm not as focused on the men right now. Understandable. I know that fans were calling... Fans, when they knew that you were available and you were a free agent, I know that there was a lot of calls for... for for fans to ask other promotions, you need to snatch her up, you need to snatch her up. What is it about Impact that drew you in? You know, just like I, like I just said, I, I think Impact puts a ton of emphasis on their women's division. And I think that that is like historically proven for Impact, dating back to the TNA days when women were the top draw, women were getting um, the highest ratings. And for them to actively be seeking, you know, free agents or independent stars to come in and elevate this division, I think it's it's something unique right now. And there's not other companies doing it. Mm -hmm. um, so for them to 
contact me right away, want to put me on TV the minute I could be on TV, um, you know, means a lot to me personally. But, uh, you know, they're actively doing that with tons of, of independent stars right now. So mm-hmm. I think that overall we're rebranding, we're, we're building a stronger impact wrestling. And at Slammiversary, we said we were going to change the world. And by bringing in all of these free agents, we did just that. Mm. You mentioned about how it felt to you personally. Why is it, you know, how has that story led to now? Because why does it mean so much to you to finally get this chance to spread your wings and to, to, you know, to be your full best? I think the last time we saw me at Impact, um, or even the first time, you know, and I haven't been shy about my experiences here in the past. Like, I wasn't a full put-together wrestler when I was the 19-year-old um, on Knockouts, Knockdown versus Brooke Tessmacher. I wasn't the full woman standing in the ring today that I was in 2016 when I wrestled Madison Rain. Mm-hmm. So I've been through just a constant journey uh, of transformation to become the virtuosa. And all of those journeys just aided me to get to to where I am today as a wrestler, as a woman, as a performer, as a character, um, to, to put together this full package. And, you know, as much as I like to walk around and, and be graceful and be elegant and, and wrestle circles around everyone, um, you know, being the virtuosa is about this entire journey. And it's about, you know, being able to show the world what I kept saying, what I kept asking for, which is opportunities and, and giving my all to those opportunities. So, you know, I have been emotional in past interviews about this opportunity to impact because I've never gotten it before. And no one's fully believed in me as much as impact is believing in me right now. And, you know, that's proof by how I came in and made a statement and being the knockout champion right now. Yeah. Did you have that faith in yourself? Did you know that you could do this? Was it just a case of waiting for someone else to to, to understand that as much as you did? I think so. I think that we would all be crazy if we didn't think we were the greatest in the world, right? Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I walk around and, and on impact, I am t- telling everyone I'm the greatest technical women's wrestler in the world. Um, the Virtuosa believes that. And it's been a really long journey for Deanna Perrazzo, the human being, to believe that. Um, and, and it's been refining that self-confidence to believe I am that wrestler. So, um, you know, I didn't always believe that. And it took a lot of, you know, rebuilding and betting on myself to get to where I'm at today but um, I wouldn't change anything about this journey honestly good that's really nice to hear what when you say about the journey if we take it back to the early days what at what point did you decide that you wanted to be a technical wrestler rather than any of the other avenues that you might have explored what what was the drive behind that um I don't behind it really I think um, that was just kind of I'm a product of my training and I'm a product of my environment mm-hmm. um, you know I was trained by Damian Adams in New Jersey who was trained by Rip Rogers in OBW in uh, Louisville Kentucky so you know the way Rip trains is very old school it's very methodical there's a lot of psychology behind it it's in pinpointing body parts and so it, it I, I didn't really ever have an idea of the wrestler I would be one day when I became a wrestler but I just went into training ready to learn and ready to absorb all of the information that anyone could give me um and I'm just kind of a product of that environment honestly good and who who in the industry do you look to for inspiration with that 
Yeah, I mean, of, of course, like, number one is my trainer. Um, Damien is someone who has become one of my closest friends. And before Slammiversary on the way to the venue, I was on the phone with him asking him questions. And, you know, uh, for the following tapings, I was on the phone with him asking him questions. So, you know, he has just such a mind for for wrestling and he understands who I am and where I come from because he's been here with me believing in me since day one so he is definitely you know my inspiration but I'm also you know a, a big fan of the WCW cruiserweights and Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho and seeing that hybrid you know style of American and Mexican and Japanese and how they brought it all together um, are some of the some of the matches I go back to for inspiration to to like re-love pro wrestling yeah, that's lovely. It's it's lovely to hear actually that you stay in touch with that, you know, the root of it because it could be that because you've come such a long way since those days of training. It could be that you'd, you know, get distanced away from that. So it's really nice to know that you stay connected to that. Yeah, I mean, going into Slammiversary, it was all about uh I hadn't wrestled in, you know, I I couldn't even tell you how many weeks or months um since I had done a, a live television program so knowing Slammiversary was live knowing this was my reputation on the line I was in the ring two or three times a week every week just trying to to get acclimated to what I would be doing again and and training with friends and asking anyone like come teach me something because I just needed to get back to that level again and you know being able to have my trainer as is one of my close friends only aids to the constant growth that I want to continue Mm, that's wonderful in in terms of wrestling in front of no crowd that must have been a big thing to adapt to because i think a lot of well it seems to me that going into any fight you run on adrenaline do, do you find that it's do you find that that's a challenge going in and not having that crowd to draw from from a personal perspective uh i think i was definitely worried about it going into again a live pay-per-view setting um not really knowing like what to expect uh and again this was like you know target on my back i said stuff that i needed to be perfect um in this match to to withhold my reputation and and the claims that i made beforehand um so for me i was nervous but i think again it goes back to my training and you know days in new jersey um that it was just me and my trainer running through matches, running through drills, and there's never a crowd. So the, the no crowd environment, I think, kind of um, just just brought me back to my roots and was like, okay, I can do this. And, you know, I think um, there was still adrenaline. There was still, uh, you know, that, that part of you that's like, I want to perform to my best, um, you know, to the best of my ability. So uh, for sure it's nerve-wracking, but I think that it, it made for a really cool match. And um, the match Jordan and I had, it, it almost – lended a favor to us mm. i mean the 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 hype that came as a result of slammiversary people were talking about impact in a way that i can't remember them talking about impact for a while how what was the response that you got how did you feel about that you know just on twitter and things from fans to see how excited people were to see you in action that must have felt lovely yeah it did it, it just like reconfirmed um you know my my passion for this my love for this that 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 little girl that wanted to be a champion her whole life is now a champion so um it was emotional for me and it was you know uh something i had dreamed about for so long you know coming true um it's a life-changing moment so for all of the feedback and the hype that jordan and i got 
um, from that massive slam anniversary, and then you know all my friends, the texts, the tweets, the congratulations, uh, just made it all that much more special. Good. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. It's 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 lovely to hear that you that you're so truly being yourself. It's it's a lovely it's a lovely concept. I'm really enjoying it. Oh, thank you. What what does the future hold now for you? I know that it must be difficult for you to look much further past this match, right? All your focus must be there. But what what are your hopes for for this division and and for yourself in this industry? Yeah, I think, you know, my next goal is emergence, right? Jordan and I have this rematch um, coming up, and that is, like, what I'm hyper-focused on. I keep saying that. But um, in terms of beyond that, you know, I think that Impact has done a really great job, like, reinventing this women's division and continuously bringing in new talent. So what I'm most excited about is to see who's next, who's next to come in and make a statement. And, you know, who could be returning, who could be, um, you know, the next free agent coming in, who knows? Because I feel like they just keep constantly throwing different punches at us and, and different surprises at us that it'll be interesting to see um, what develops next. But then mm. also Kylie Ray's on the horizon. So, you know, um, I kind of have to have eyes in the back of my head right now. Yeah, you made, you made light work of Kimberly. I saw that. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see how she does with Jordan on Tuesday. <laughs> Well, good luck in your match at Emergence. I, I want to say that I'm backing you, but to be honest, I've I've got my money on Jordan. I don't want to start. I don't want to okay. start an argument with you, but I'm sure that maybe <laughs> you might prove me wrong on that one, right? <laughs> well, probably going to prove me wrong. You're probably going to lose some money. <laughs> I'll have to give you a call and apologise. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining me on Tuesday Night Draw. It's been really lovely to speak to you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You take care. Bye bye. It was so ace to catch up with Diana ahead of her title defence tomorrow at Impact Emergence. Like I said there, I am still personally rooting for Jordan. I know that she came on the podcast and she was lovely, but I just I just really want Jordan to kick her ass there. I've said it, I've said it. I don't want any kickback for it. I've said it. That's my truth. I'm speaking it. The end. <laughs> Now, before we get into a bit of a rundown of what happened over the weekend, what matches happened, what titles changed hands, all that kind of stuff, I wanted to float an idea to you because I know that some of you are going to want to get off and not listen to all of the forthcoming spoilers. So if you are having to check out before we talk about what happened over the weekend with NXT and SummerSlam and all that kind of stuff, I just wanted to float an idea to you and that is this. Will you come and be on my quiz show? <laughs> I'm thinking about having a Tuesday Night Jaw wrestling quiz. It will be 10 questions with the main focus on the big promotions. So WWE overtime, maybe some New Japan stuff, potentially. I don't know, but a main focus on, you know, the wrestling that we all grew up watching for the most part. And the way that this is going to be structured is this. Do you ever watch... Or listen to rather Popmaster on BBC Radio 2 on a weekday morning at half 10 with Ken Bruce. Ken Bruce phones people or they phone into the show and he quizzes them on their knowledge of pop music. I'm thinking about doing that but instead of it being pop music it's about big crowd pops. So big Popmaster. I'll be asking questions such as which tag team got a huge crowd reaction at WrestleMania 33 to make the Raw tag team ladder match a fatal four-way? 
do you know who it was? It will be questions like that. Now there'll be 10 questions. You can phone me or I can phone you. What I'm thinking is send me a message on WhatsApp. Let me know who you are, whether you're up for being on the quiz and I can give you a call. We'll arrange a good time for me to give you a call and I'll ask you the 10 questions. Now I can't promise big prizes or any prizes just now i want to see what the reaction is and how up for it you guys are but it may very well be something that we can get a little leaderboard going maybe all that kind of stuff make it fun i just want you guys to let me know what you think about it and whether you're up for it so send me a message on whatsapp and maybe i can give you a call and quiz you to be on big pop master now my number again is 07882005803. You don't have to be in the UK to take part. We can always arrange a call at a time that suits you and me if you're an international listener. If you would like to be involved, the number for international listeners is plus four four seven eight eight two double zero five eight zero three let's make something happen you guys can play along at home whether you're on the show or not just get a pen and paper ready and we'll do it for now we'll move on to the wrestling rundown of the weekend let's see what's been going on if you have to leave us here i'll see you next time i hope really great to have you here if you're sticking around we'll get talking wrestling tuesday night door we'll start our wrestling rundown over at aew where Diamante and Eva Lise won the Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament. I was surprised about that. I honestly did think that Brandy and Ali were going to take that. So that was a surprise to me, but I did really love it. I also loved how they took their flowers really graciously and then they chucked them on the floor and like held up their flags and were just badass. I just loved all of that. It just, it was just cool. It was cool if I haven't seen that. Worth catching up on. Brody Lee also became the TNT champion, which feels super well-deserved, as far as I'm concerned anyway. He was Luke Harper in the WWE, I'm sure you know. But I was excited to see his return to his old self, and he's wasted no time in reasserting, you know, Brody Lee on the scene, and I just love that. So I was glad to see him win that championship. Closer to home, Rev Pro ran their Epic Encounters one show. Uh, had a bit of a mixed reception, but Elia James, who was on the podcast last week, defeated Bobby Tyler, according to reports, and their champion, Giselle Shaw, beat Jamie Hayter to retain that undisputed British women's title. NXT UK announced a return to TV with shows from the BT Sports Studios in London beginning in September. They shared a hype video on their socials and it showed Ginny, Eddie Dennis and my favourites Piper Niven and Ilya Dragunov. So there was others on them as well but check that out if you're looking forward to NXT UK returning that will be back on the network starting in September. Back across the pond with their US counterparts, TakeOver 30 saw six matches contested with one on the pre-show, which was Breezango, Tyler Breeze and Fandango against Only Lorcan and Danny Birch and Legado Del Fantasma, which is Joaquin Wild and Raul Mendoza. That triple threat tag match was to determine the number one contenders for the NXT Tag Team Champions and my boys, Breezango, Bought it home. They're now the new number one contenders. I love them. I, I've i always really dug Tyler Breeze and what he's about. I used to love him on NXT. You remember when it was sort of a, 
for me, it was like my favourite era of NXT so far. It was when it was, you know, Pac and Finn Balor and it was ju- and Baron Corbin. He was a favourite of mine at the time. It was just a really good time for NXT. So I'm glad to see Breezango back. I, I really am glad to see them doing stuff. I'm, I'm chuffed about that. I know they didn't really go anywhere, but they sort of did, didn't they? Do you know what I mean? The first proper match on that card, Finn Balor beat Timothy Thatcher in an absolutely cracking match. I've got to say, this might be my match of the weekend. There wasn't tons of build and there wasn't tons of storyline. But to be honest, who really needed it when the wrestling's that good? I just love to see between Bell and Bell wicked storytelling wrestling. I don't need hype reels and massive storyline and one year long you know feuds i'm just happy to see it in the ring and that delivered for me so wicked match as far as i'm concerned next there was a five-way ladder match for the vacant north american championship damian priest won that beating bronson reed cameron grimes johnny gargano and the velveteen dream adam cole panama sunrised or is that panama sunrosed panama sunrised did Pat McAfee, following plenty of shenanigans on the outside with McAfee's NFL teammates and the other members of the Undisputed Era. I love the Undisputed Era. I'm trying to think of a wrestling stable that's been this good for ages, and I can't. I'm talking across the board as well, not just NXT. I love those guys. I think they're really great. I love their whole shtick. It's wicked. Io Shirai retained her NXT Women's Championship against Dakota Kai. Dakota wore Hannah Kimura-inspired gear and nails to the ring as a mark of respect for Hannah, who died under tragic circumstances earlier this year. So that was really nice to see. It was a really lovely tribute. Um, Io Shirai, yeah, took home that NXT Women's Championship. I'm glad of it. I love Io Shirai. In the main event of NXT TakeOver 30, Keith Lee lost the NXT Championship to Karrion Cross. People weren't happy to see it at all, nor was I. Very disappointing news. However, it was announced the following night at SummerSlam that Keith Lee would be making his WWE Raw debut. And that brings us on to SummerSlam. Now, there were six championship bouts on the card. Sad news there, in the kickoff show, Renee Young, the exceptionally talented commentator and the first female to call all the action on Raw, I believe, announced her departure. She said that she was leaving and that really felt like a blow. It's been eight years that she's been at the WWE and she's leaving. I know that she recently completed a cookbook, she said on her social media, so she's certainly got other irons in the fire, but as a woman that likes watching wrestling and that looks up to amazing women like... Renee Young, it's just sad to see her go, but I'm looking forward to seeing what comes for her because I know that more stuff will. She's too good for her to just fade into obscurity and her knowledge of wrestling is obviously wicked, so I'm hoping to see her around. Apollo Crews successfully defended his title against MVP. Bailey beat Asuka in the first match of the evening for the Empress of Tomorrow. Now, Sasha Banks and Bailey gave her a bit of a kicking, to be honest, to gain a competitive edge over her ahead of the Raw Women's Championship defence later on in the show. Uh, and that did come into play. She got a knee injury in this match. The Raw Tag Team Championship 
titles were on the line and the Street Profits fought really hard to hold on to those belts against Angel Garza and Andrade. Then there was the no DQ match between Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. The stipulation was that the loser leaves the WWE. So there was loads on the line and both of the women fought like there really, really was. Mandy Rose did win and Sonya was more than just a little upset. She was throwing her out about a little bit. So sad, sad news, but I am glad that Mandy won. It was well-deserved. The street fight came next and Dominic Mysterio made his in-ring debut to take on Seth Rollins who had uh, gouged his dad's eyes, which is such a crazy thing to say even now. How can you explain that to somebody that doesn't watch wrestling? They'd be like, sorry, someone gouged out someone else's eyeballs. Like, listen, I can't explain it to you. You just have to go and watch. But Dominic Mysterio, he turned it out considering... Seth was horrible to him, wasn't he? There was a lot of taunting. He was wearing that gear and he was just being a jerk. And and naturally, the Messiah was victorious in this match. But given it was his first, I really thought that Dominic turned it out. Seth is such a flipping scumbag, isn't he? What a scumbag. But yeah, Dominic, good on him, man. Good for that kid. Then came Asuka's chance to take the Raw Women's Championship from Sasha Banks. Banks was pretty relentless on Asuka's injured knee, but Asuka's mat work gave her the victory. Sasha tapped and Asuka took home the strap, which was well-deserved and really hard fought considering the injury that she had. Good to see. I do love Sasha Banks and I love her as the champ. And I know that, you know, I do say, oh no, I always back the goodies and I hate the baddies, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't think I could have walked away from this one too disappointed. I would have liked to have seen Asuka take home two belts, but considering she couldn't, I don't know. I think I would have been okay if Sasha held on to it, but she didn't. Asuka went home with the championship, so good on her. Good for her. Well fought. Um, another match well fought. Our boy, Drew McIntyre, who was on the podcast with me last week. The WWE Championship, Drew defended that against Randy Orton. It was a solid wrestling match. It was a good, solid wrestling match. I was expecting more like, I don't know, bells and whistles and stuff. But instead, we just got really good wrestling. And it was good. There was loads of like missed finishers. So Miss Claymores, Miss RKOs. It just really got me hype. And then there was a figure four leg lock in Ode to Ric Flair by the champion. That was really well done. Randy's eye poking shenanigans had me rooting for Drew more than ever. Even though, obviously, I wanted him to win from the outset. McIntyre won, but he won via backslide, so it seems to me that the beef between these two isn't quite over. It was a hard-fought match, but there was no closure, was there? So we'll have to wait and see what happens between them two. I don't think it's over. And finally, the Universal Championship was on the line as Braun Strowman took on the Fiend Bray Wyatt. They quite literally tore the place up and the Fiend's sister Abigail's onto the exposed wood between the ring canvas gave him the win. But then there was the big surprise of the evening. Roman Reigns appeared from nowhere post-match to spear the new champ and wallop Strowman with a steel chair and spear the new champ again. And the big dog is back and he's looking sick. He looks like he's got new gnashes as well by the looks of it. So good for him, man. Good for him, but... Yeah, the big dog is back and he is looking dominant and I'm hoping that that break has meant good things for him, but 
he's just great, isn't he? I, I know that people boo him and people don't like him, but you can't, you just cannot deny how, how good he is. He's just really good. I love that guy. So yeah, I think I'll wrap it up there because I'm getting dry mouth, quite frankly, and there was a lot to cover. Next week, there's not going to be quite so much to cover. I'm going to bring you another interview, all being well. We'll see what happens there. I was inspired this week to interview someone new. So I'll just have to see if that comes off and I'll bring that to you next week. Hopefully we'll have our inaugural episode, our inaugural Big Pop Master wrestling quiz. So you'll have to make sure that you bring a notepad and pen to class next week, kids, because I'm going to be quizzing you and I want to see how you get on. You can also let me know how you scored out of 10, be honest. I'll get those questions up and running. And that's it for me for now. I hope I haven't talked your ear off. I hope you enjoyed it. It's a little bit longer than last week, but next week we'll keep it a little bit more succinct. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope that it felt like time well spent. I'll speak to you next week. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.